Saturdays from noon to two. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Yeah, we're uh, we're here. Latoya in the house, in the hizzy. So excited. She is back. I'm black. She's black. We're here at the Mutiny Radios. Well, it was a bummer that you weren't here, but I did watch a lot of submission videos for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and it is going to be hard. <laughs> like, it is really... I've, I've narrowed... The original hundred down to fifty. I've whittled it down, and I have to take that fifty and turn it into twenty-five. And I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I have no idea. You might want to be in the more comfy chair. I don't know what you want to do. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that one is. You know. Hey, half my face. How are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, it's the AltaCast, and I have no idea what's going on in the world. You know what I learned from. Uh, an Uber with one of those signs on top of it this morning that George H.W. Bush died. Okay. I didn't even know. I didn't even know until I saw it. Let's get into that. I saw it on a on a Uber on the top. You know how they? I saw it on an Uber. Yeah. That's how I'm learning my news now. Yeah. I'm the worst. Today is his funeral. Today's his funeral, Today but he died. Funeral. When did he die? Uh, he died on Friday. He died on Friday. Well, I don't know. Shit, because I had no idea. I I saw it on a I saw it on the side of a car today, and I thought, oh, <laughs> thousand points of light, stay the course. Thousand I'm, points of light. Oh no, this thing. Oh no, uh, thousand points of light, stay the course. That's all I remember, and that's Dana Carvey. That's not even George H. Not gonna do it. Not, I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Do you remember when he um, threw up uh, on the Japanese Prime Minister? Oh yeah, what was that about? He he threw up on the Japanese front. He had the flu, but I just been. That's one of his greatest hits, along with crack, AIDS. Uh, well, he was. I mean, he was part Contra, of the CIA. He was the, he was the vice president during Reagan. So, I mean, do we blame him for trickle down economics? I blame him for a lot of things. I'm tired of the media, like just soft shoeing, like, oh, he was such a great president. Right. No, he wasn't. He grabbed boobs and stuff too. People Diamond got Copperfield. People got mad at him for grabbing. 
describing he um, was in a wheelchair or whatever and <laughs> he was hugging a, a nice lady and I guess he grabbed her butt yeah he's and like people were like the, the yeah, David Copperfield he's an old man I would have knocked that old fucker off he's he's dead now that's weird I know I mean I guess people that's what happens people die well I mean it's, now let's see the, who we have left Jimmy Carter is left the Jimmy Carter what he's a good guy I like him I'm gonna I cry like when he too. dies yeah I like Jimmy Carter um, Bill Clinton he looks old as fuck you know I've read I've realized that there's a couple things that that you need to be a good president number one you need a voice that's recognizable enough so they can make fun of you on Saturday Night Live <laughs> um, you know you have to have a specific cadence like you know uh, because Dana Carvey didn't look anything like George Bush but he did a great George Bush impression that was points of life gonna right do now. It. rain my lips no new taxes no yeah but you have to have a recognizable voice A to be a good president or to be a president I think because uh, number two um, what else do you need you need to start wars no, I'm kidding sure I what do you what else do you need to be a good president you're or not a good president just a president you need a recognizable voice um I guess some kind of like signature thing in your personality sure you know like we all know about okay when I think of Bill Clinton I think of him playing the, the saxophone, saxophone right. on our studio hall and like I smoked weed but I didn't inhale right 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 <laughs> and then I think of a, a recognizable voice yeah and a recognizable <laughs> voice <laughs> I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman but he did lick her butt is butt licking not se- is sexual relations tossing salad yeah he was, uh, he was ahead of his time I know good president that's why I, <laughs> that's I like respect to him <laughs> Do you know that the people in Arkansas don't like, although the Little Rock, Arkansas um, airport is named the Clinton Clinton Airport for both both Hillary and Bill, Bill and Hillary Clinton, um, which I like that they gave her a nod. But people in Arkansas don't because, like them because they're conservative, and then now they think they're elite, and so those are the Fox News people too. Mm. You know, so I think. I think they, you know, because I could see why they probably don't like them to an extent, but the good that they did do while he was governor of I, I Arkansas yeah. was, it, it, it was, people you, had jobs. You people that are my age now, or a little younger than me, you know how to read in Arkansas because of Bill Clinton, all right? Yeah, thank Otherwise, you, you wouldn't know how to read. Preach. You'd be like, ah, the Ozarks. I don't he, even know what their accents are. They were, they were all about education, the Clintons were. Yeah, and so that's what they did with Arkansas in the 80s. Yeah. yeah, because I think he was governor twice, I believe, in Arkansas. But now they're so they're so in, enthralled in like, the propaganda. Well, I, I get it. They are... The people in Arkansas are family people, and I get it. They don't want abortion, and they don't like the gays because of their weird butt sex. I don't, whatever. Which, which, or the lesbians because they're carpet munching, whatever. I, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, they take grand offense to what people do in the, in bedroom. the bedroom. For whatever reason, because it's because it's the last vestiges of morality that they cling to, which is so stupid. Because mm. like, there's wife swapping on fucking Netflix now. All right, get over it, people. But they're 
They're it's still just a regular TV, on. isn't it? Too? Oh, yeah. What TV? They, they regular, have Netflix. Yeah. They have. I mean, well, yeah. Wife swapping was the one, that, but I mean, like actual swinger shit. Like oh, that yeah, exists that's, now. That's, that's, that's all over. I'm like, oh, Netflix is into feminism and swingers. Okay, cool. Whatever. You see that a lot in the suburbs, man. Sure. Well, people are bored, but. It's the it's the middle clinging to the last vestiges of the morality that they think makes them an American or better than other people or whatever. But I thought it was about freedom. It's okay. And freedom to have your gun. I get it. I get it. You're in Arkansas, you wanna shoot deer. Alright, you wanna shoot squirrels. Okay. Just don't shoot people. I mean, I don't like shooting deers either, but if you're gonna eat the whole deer, you know what? Go ahead, kill the deer. I actually have a lot more respect for that than going to McDonald's and buying a burger that was the poor, poor cow. You know, but mutated cow. (laughs) I was there. I was in the belly of the beast, and I get it. I get them. I understand why they hate uh, us. You know, four dollar coffee, five dollar coffee drinking, pretentious liberal stoners. But we, I get it. I get it. But we hate some of that too. Minus the stoners, they like to smoke too now. Uh, that's true. I, like I made a lot of friends there because I brought so many um, of these nuts of the weed nuts. Nice. I, brought, I gave away a ton of a ton of nuts, and and I left a bunch of weed there. With See, a couple that's how people. we make a common ground right. with marijuana. Sure, because everyone does. Though we don't have the same political idea, but we can at least have a common ground of like, well, let's smoke the weed, bro. Yeah, sure, I'm down. Exactly. I, I'm. Then I, all the they're not bad people. Right. So I went there thinking. You're scared. I was. You're scared. I was legitimately scared as a as a fart sniffing pretentious San Francisco <laughs> liberal stoner who eats meat. Who eats meat? I love meat. Um, I get it. I I I was scared of them. They're nice people. They're nice people. They're fat people, but they're nice. <laughs> And I don't know if they're. I don't know if the fatness has anything to do with the niceness, or the meanness, or the not liking gay people, or the gun toting. I don't. But they are fat. I would. <laughs> there are. There were people in the comedy club sitting on two chairs. I'm not fucking with you. I, I believe it. It was. They were. And I. I. And I'm not. It's casserole season two. At that. They oh, have Lord. three kinds of gravy. They have yep. breakfast gravy. They have a chocolate gravy that is viscous and breakfasty. That's a new one. To they, yeah, it's breakfast gravy. These people are insanely Ugh. awesome. There's breakfast gravy. Fuck yes. I don't. My Midwest self can't touch that. I love it. I don't even like white gravy. The country gravy. I like all the gravy. I, I like all the gravy. I like the chicken gravy. I like the turkey gravy. I like the gravy that's made from the drippings. I like gravy that's made from the fat of the bacon. I like gravy i love gravy it's weird i'm a skinny person i love gravy do you know you can buy a house a five bedroom three bath house in arkansas for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars? yeah i have enough saved up in cash to put down on a house excuse me mm-hmm. a what mm-hmm. so a big ass house a big ass five bedroom house where Pam with can three have, bedrooms you can have the most dinner parties with in the world backyard. the kitchen at the comedy house was so big um but all we did was eat frozen pizza. But I made us get good frozen pizza. We got California Pizza Kitchen okay. because it was on sale. It was only three ninety nine, and I was like, "Wow, Arkansas, good on you." Three ninety nine. That would be five ninety nine here. Oh, more than that. Or It'd be like eight eight ninety nine. That's that's a CPK. 
but you know but with the cost of that the cost of living is the cost of the kind of people that you're going to get unfortunately i'm Mm -hmm. not saying my family's from arkansas so i can throw shade a little bit because there are some fat motherfuckers down there the black people were very nice yeah (laughs) see the The black black people were very nice (laughs) they were I don't understand all the racism in the Midwest. I don't understand the racism because black people are really nice. Like I don't They don't they're jealous of us. Yeah. And and by and large, the black people were smaller than the white people. If we're going to judge fatness, well and 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 I hate I'm such a sizist and I do pay attention to it. But in California, I think that African American females might be larger than in Arkansas. They're smaller in Arkansas. Just from what I saw in Little Rock. Probably because we got to run from them crackers when we're in Arkansas. All that running. Like, oh, shit, here come the crackers. Run, nigga, run. I, I thought it was, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't come up against any overt racism like I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Which is, I don't know why I thought that was going to happen. But I was kind of ready for it. But that didn't happen. And they didn't, I mean... I don't know what what I heard from some younger Arkansas people when I tried to discuss life with them uh, is that it's it's only the old people that that carry the prejudices that the younger people are are they're like they're like ah oh, no we're we're liberal we're cool see now defy I mean. I, I kind of disagree with that because there are people. I, I'm surprised that people my generation and your Gen X or people your generation we're not that far apart who are bigots and racists where I'm just like when I mean obviously it's it's taught in the home so but within the culture and of what you know growing up with the different types of music and stuff sure you know especially when it comes to hip-hop you know hip-hop in Arkansas yeah there there is but I mean it's it's just funny I'm like okay so how can you be racist? I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a racist white person, so I, I don't know. I try not to be, but I end up coming across racist all the You're time. The accidental racist. I'm the accidental racist. I. I didn't. There's things I say. I just don't even know that they're. I don't even. The prejudices inside me from my upbringing but are you, systematic. Like racism is systematic. It's part of America and who we are, and whether. And I think it's. I, I'm trying to acknowledge it to sort of flush it out and be like hey i i understand that uh what it's it's about when you're born on third base and then you go where are my opportunities it's like <laughs> okay um but buying a you can buy a house in Arca- like i'm I, I was astounded that the cost of living is so much less and the gas gas was under two dollars a gallon Oh, you I saw it like a dollar something? Yeah, it was like a dollar sixty-five wow, or something. I'm like, how back. come their gas is so cheap? Like, money is a construct that we've all kind of bought into, <laughs> pun intended. But it's stupid. It's like, I, I just look. That I, makes me upset. I, know. I haven't seen gas like under a dollar. Damn it! Well, and I don't, I don't drive, so I don't really care. But I understand that for a lot of people, that's. A big deal. Like yeah, they have pig pickup trucks and shit. Right. They have to have cheap gas. So that's even an argument like we're over here in California being like, well, let's all drive Priuses and gas. I don't have a car. I take an Uber. But we're still consuming like resources like mad. True. I said like a lot there. Anyways, Arkansas was fun. I had a good time. And uh, 
and I mean it was great comedy was great they liked I wrote a bunch of new jokes for them just for them um, and how they receive them they were I did God jokes and they were they were fine because they all read the Bible so they understood for the first time in a long time uh, people understood my Bible jokes and they liked them they laughed I did feminism stuff I'm, I, I did really well it, w- it was good I, I felt like and I was I got paid I was a professional comedian and um Think I'm funny, and I I think people receive me well on stage. It's hard here in San Francisco, and coming back always sucks because everyone's PC. Well, no, just everyone's kind of dicks to each other in the comedy scene, and and I guess it's part for the course wherever you go. Like if you're if if you're from out of town, people are nicer to you. But I don't know. Um, I, people here are kind of dicks, and sometimes maybe I'm I can be kind of I don't actually I try not to be a dick because I open up this space to a lot of people and stuff, but. Um, there are, uh, there's, there are people are dicks. And, and, but then also, I mean, I'm a dick. I had a little altercation last week with a Uh-oh. comic who runs a different open mic because I was there at their show. I asked to be signed up on my way. They said yes. And then I was like at the end of the list. And then he gets up on stage and he's like, who's this comedian? This comedian isn't here. And then he proceeds to do five more minutes of jokes. Hey, you know what? If you're a host, get the fuck off stage. I had been there the whole time. Jonathan and I had spent over $30 on beer. And then he's on stage doing jokes. And I'm like, we've already heard enough from you. And then I, so I texted him. We got out of there. I was like, I'm fucking done with this. And we left. And, and then we texted back and forth. And he's like, there were only four people left. You were in the, th-. and it's like, you knew I was there. I'm Pam fucking Benjamin. Jesus Christ, it's a stupid, shitty open mic. I'm Pam fucking Benjamin. You get on stage and keep talking? You're a host. This show, I mean, do whatever you want in your fucking open mic. But, I'm not even going to say names, but you're the host. Like, shut the fuck up. You're the host. You're supposed to be bringing people up, not more and more and more and more about you. Get a fucking podcast. He actually has a podcast. Like, for fuck's sake, if you're a host, get the people up. Of an open mic, where and it, once all the real it's, people are gone, once it's the end of the open mic and all the real people are gone, and there's just comedians in the room, and you think we are, you keep us a captive audience, and we have to listen to your bullshit? No, I'm waiting to do my own fucking jokes. Shut the fuck up and let someone else go. Seriously, we left, and then he's like, blah blah blah. So I text him. I'm like, was this here in SF? It was in SF, and I told him. I said in the te- I'm like, you know what though? I'm Pam Benjamin. Like I run fucking Mutiny Radio. You you give me a little sugar. I'm never going to that open mic again. I'm not going to support him in any way. He fucked me. We spent over 30 bucks at that fucking bar and he wants to keep doing jokes. It's like, well, it seems like he's a little entitled son of a bitch. Well, he has a really big ego and thinks he's really, really funny. It's his show. If he wants to stand up on stage and say, fuck the police for two hours, that's fine. But I'm just never going to go back there. I'm not going to support him in any way because you fucked with me. You didn't let me go up. You knew he knew I was in the room because we had a little talk back and forth because I was starting to get frustrated because I was a little drunk and I've been sitting there forever. I've been sitting there for like an hour and a half. An hour and a half. And... No respect for the other And comedians. Jonathan was with me. I had a real audience member. Like, Christ. Anyway. How long has he, this person been doing... Uh, His open mic's been going on for a little over... Maybe, maybe almost a year. Maybe just a little over a year. He thinks it's a great open mic, but the thing is that he's got a bunch of young comedians who are new that are his little acolytes Babies. that kiss his ass and lick his butthole and tell him, you're so talented, you're so great. I'm like, where are my fucking acolytes that tell me that I'm funny and great? When I host a show, I fucking move the show along, except today, I mean, it's the Altacast, so this is where we get to this do is- whatever we want. 
but I would never do. I would never do this at a, at, it's, a, it's, at, a at an open mic. That it's I ran. rude. And people, and if you're an artist, you know when you're getting stepped on and fucked with. Yeah. And it's a respect thing. Yeah, and I, I, I think the little, the youngsters, these little minions probably don't realize that, but they probably will eventually. Because they're all, he's giving them stage time and they're all getting all this stage time. And they think, that's so funny about new comedians too. Hey, I'm almost eight years in, so... Oh, I've been doing it for eight months and I, and I, you know. They found me funny around their water cooler. Well, but they, they're not, they think they're so good. I mean, I think that in my first year, I thought I was really good too. And thank God I lost that. My iPod got stolen. So those first hundred sets, I never have to listen to them again. I mean, even if we go back to the beginning of Mutiny Radio, like there's a lot of podcasts on here and it, I, I thought I was a lot funnier than I am, than I was then, but now I'm better because it takes time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it takes fucking time. And these little, I mean, these little fucking new comics, man, they think they're so talented. It's like, you know what? I, I, I bet you 57% of them don't make it to year eight. In eight years, <laughs> seven years from now, we're going to see um, which of those comedians still exist. I should write them in a list in a book over here because Mutiny Radio will hopefully still be here unless they raise the rent too high. But you're being I very see generous, eight, too, by eight, saying eight years. I would give them like two to three. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still going to be doing comedy? I feel so terrible. Old dumb face is he's 13 years of comedy and he's quitting. He's so I, funny. He's I, I, so funny. I have a reason why I think he's quitting because of what you said, but we're not going to discuss no, we're that. Not gonna, we're not going to air not, someone else's laundry. But, we don't do that but, here. No, no, We no. just, we hate. We, yeah, we hate. But, but not on the people. Not on the people. Yeah, no, not on yeah. the, We don't gossip here. No, but, but I, uh, yeah, but he was, oh God, he was so funny. He, he did the, his headlining sets and he got super drunk for one of them and I saw the wheels in his head turning like when he was on stage like I saw him in his Uh-oh. head looking for jokes no he was fine they wouldn't know the audience didn't know he was great he did four 50 minute shows I mean that's pretty dope I know that's a whole that's that's longer than an HBO special <laughs> yeah he was great and I, I'm really sad that he's quitting because he's like my comedy guru idol be person I hope so you know, when you were talking about the comedy community here in SF, so I think I told you I've been taking improv again. Yes! Yeah, which that I notice I'm so much more comfortable with rather than stand-up. Because yeah. I do have my moments at stand-up, but I feel like, okay, improv is my thing. Yeah. But doing it in contrast compared to Chicago and here, oh my God, people here are so pc like people had to in class people had to ask about okay i don't think we should do this one because we might be offending people with ms okay oh what okay and then you make fun of those funny shaky motherfuckers yeah michael j fox oh but he has parkinson's oh that's right but ms makes you shake too yeah i they're all shaky to me shaky shaky Uh, um and then there was another skit we did where we were someone so the, uh, there was a scene where both couples didn't have any teeth. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> and it was about to roll into something like a little bit more like... Oh, that's yeah, funny, like blowjobs with no teeth. Something like that. Sexy. But Yeah, but 
then someone's like we don't want to offend i was just like this is not offensive this is talking about if we roll on to people being stupid with no teeth or a trucker with no teeth i've lived that life sure okay so there's a nothing offensive. with no teeth exactly i love offensive i love math i love math trucker it's hard to say trucker mouth trucker mouth um and so it was just like i have a show coming up on the 20th oh I'm how wonderful give, what day is of the week is that can i come? Uh, yes it's going to be thursday at end games awesome um on the 20th awesome. i will send you information you. i'd love to see you and i'm i'm going to start playing a lot more but i am not going to be soft and pc mm-hmm. you know the thing is i will have to tap dance a little bit so bring i don't want fla- oh, no don't tap dance that's racist <laughs> bring the flavor bring the flavor you're going to tap dance for the man tap, 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 tap dance on george w bush's grave oh, oh not w h h h h i'm not well, gonna do it i'm not gonna die it's just i mean pop up any any people with money power and influence can go fuck themselves yeah. like <laughs> i don't care if and including if you're in comedy george H. Yeah. W. Bush. i mean it, it was just like i was so taken aback like okay i know this town can be very soft and pc but come on this is comedy comedy is an outlet right. and you know as adults if you're a compassionate adult especially in this field you know where you know you have to stop but that's but the whole point of being an artist is looking at the values that society holds dear and then lambasting them like saying it, it that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to look at racism we're supposed to with comedy we're supposed to take the lens the comic lens and put it in the places where we need to look at this stuff we need to talk about feminism we need to talk about systematic misogyny I, uh, coming all the way down right. from the white house we we need to look at women you know couldn't even have licenses remember the 50s wasn't that long ago black people women not a lot of rights that was the other thing make america great again i tried to point that out to somebody why that's racist because they didn't get it it was my uber driver now first my uber driver was taking me to the airport at four in the morning oh my god <sighs> took a 520 flight back here Oof. so i could be here at 10 o'clock for a show anyways my uber driver i thought oh you know he's a little older than me i can respect this guy and we're talking about the good old days and stuff he looked 55 he was 42 he was younger than me and they look old um but i was trying to explain oh my god i was trying to sort of explain racism to him uh or uh why make america great again is is racist he said it's it's not there make america great again is about he said he said it was about immigration and i was like okay which is racist too but i was like i tried to explain to him that when you say make america great again you're throwing back to a time that was post-world war ii where everyone got a home and but women weren't allowed to drive and black people were still segregated so when you say make america great again you're you're saying that let's turn the clock back to a time when white White male privilege was king still Mm -hmm. and where that meant that you were entitled to all of these gifts of America, a home for cheap, but a not car, the but not the others. Cause not, and they take care of your women, but they, not that but women could take care of that themselves bitch when she's acting up. Right. Yeah. Be heavy handed with your whore. Uh, yeah. I mean, your wife, I, I don't know. There's a contract once you're married that says that you have to have sex all the time whenever they want. But those were the times when marriage meant consent. When the piece of paper meant for women that you you it, obey you obey you love honor and, and obey. obey and 
But that was Make America Great Again. So I was trying to point that out to him, and he just couldn't get it. He was like, no, it's not about that. It's not, it's not what he was saying. And I'm like, but whether he was saying that or not, that's what that evokes. For the rest of us, when we hear that... I see people with white hoods. Yeah. It, well, it harkens back to a time when that was accepted and behavior and we're, we can't, we've moved past it, but we still have to acknowledge it. And that, and then it's being brought back. And people to are the trying forefront. to white, and now people are trying to whitewash it. Mm-hmm. And trying to, no, they don't no, want us to no, talk about it. They don't oh, want to talk. Racism. No, it talk wasn't. About I'm a, it's just, no, make America great again was no, no. no. It, it's it's the thing is just like, I get it. People have their own ideas of like what patriotism is and what America means to them. But honestly, when you say make America great again, mm. that leaves out a whole influx of people. Yeah. yeah. And the fact yeah. of the matter that this, I'm sorry, you, this fucking retard, <laughs> yeah. this fucking retard. Who's younger than you? Wasn't that funny? Yeah. Who looks like, old as looked, fuck? Yeah. See, he no, was like, it, he looked old as fuck. See, notice that too. Most hateful and stupid pe- motherfuckers look old as fuck <laughs> or fat as fuck yeah, that's because they don't take care they of themselves. Care. Well, this was the other thing I learned about Arkansas. I was told that it's safer to drink Coors Light than to drink the tap water. Oh, that's bad. Fracking. Yeah. I was like, I, I was drinking. So I drank the tap water because no tango miedo. Uh, <laughs> but it, it tasted a little chlorine Absolutely. Like I could taste chemicals in it, but I couldn't. I just had to stop drinking. I couldn't drink. I couldn't drink that much. Like that's all. I just. Was- well, also, I was like, OK, so our shows were at uh, 7.30 the first night and 7 o'clock the second night. And so we were waking up at the comedy house and just popping a beer. Um, and I, But it was hard for me because I was so concerned about the shows. I didn't want to get too wasted. Being responsible. Right, because I wanted to be a good comic. So, you know, I... I and then when we got back, like I was like, yeah, I haven't had a drink in a while. I'm not, I don't really want to drink anymore. Like I kind of want water. Like I want to drink water. But um, I did. I did drink quite a quite a bit of beer. Coors of all things. Well, that's what I mean. I was drinking IPA, but Poge got the Coors. Of course he did. Yeah. That's you know the thing. It, it's see this is why when you don't having clean water is something that you should have and this is the part where i just get into these red states uh that don't vote for their interests they care more about gay fucking than they do about clean water that's stupid that's dumb it's ass backwards it's ass backwards that every i i tried to understand it and i try to continue i continually will try to understand how people can thrive on it's hate on, on um, putting the saying it's the other it's all their fault it's the it's those damn immigrants fault it's those immigrants it's uh, we're a country based on immigrant we are an immigrant nation that's what we were built on some Read of us a are. fucking book <laughs> like and we were we had forced immigration we brought people over as slaves they did not choose we to come here we kidnapped people and brought them here and then slaughtered some other of my people right and then the people in when Columbus was in the the West Indies, Indies. which is weird because it's anyway, they hobbled people. They mm. they didn't want them to run away, so they'd break one of their feet, mm-hmm. one of their ankles, ankles, so that they could never run. run away. 
that is the, what the and gave them syphilis because they were fucking the women what the yeah it's just they, europeans can sometimes be nasty it's i i feel like we subjugate the other and we we distance the other and haven't we moved beyond this can't we get to a place where people are people can't we decide that being human is we're all i i mean why do we have to have these we don't have the thing is we don't even have to agree it's not about agreeing on everything you everyone is you're going to disagree it's healthy to disagree with things it's so healthy well, but why do but, we even have countries like denmark their history they they're like yeah well we beat out nor we beat norway and we beat england yeah we got those and then fuckers. we colonized parts of africa but they're we're all white like the, the danish people and the, why why is you know i look at country lines and i'm like finland denmark sweden all the white slavs like we really you really what why do we have borders and lines and countries why can't we all and yeah fine i'm an i'm a utopiast but why do the irish and the english don't like each other right they're weird what it's like they still they still have so weird i actually enjoy white on white crime i i (laughs) white on white crime like but i don't get like I guess I can understand like Bosnia. They look different than me. They're yeah, Serbia, Bosnia. Serbia. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, why why are they I even when I was a kid I'm like, but they're white. Why are they Oh, it's white on white crime. It's the Muslims and all the it's yeah. I but I'm just, like they look alike. I just don't get it. And and again, maybe I'm a fart sniffing San Francisco hippie liberal that's like, why no, can't we all just get along? I think it's because you've read a lot of books just, and you've self-educated yourself as well. <laughs> I just, I, think, I just want, I just want like, I just want the whole San Francisco to be everywhere. We're like, we take the big corporations and we go, you big corporations. No, you, you don't want San Francisco everywhere. Uh, is that, is that too scary? Yes. I just, I want there. I want to tax the, oh, you made more than $50 million. All right. We're going to take some of your money for our poor people. Yeah. So that we don't, we don't have to have poor people. I'm, I'm such a Marxist. I just, and I always, <laughs> I'm a realist. I just hate everyone equally. You can all burn in hell if all I care. Well, that's, that's the, the anti-humanist perspective, yes. which is, which is save mother earth, kill yourself. Yeah. There's, there's actually a movement called anti-humanism. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh shit. Anti-humanism. They're like, save the earth, kill yourself. You are, you're the number one problem to the earth being alive is you and me. We, all of us, if we'd all just kill ourselves, the world would be so much better <laughs> that's actually really funny yeah it's anti-humanism you, it's a real thing we love reading to the precepts i actually started feeling this way like over a decade ago like i think it was like after like going to summer camp my la- like senior year in high school when i started to become prejudiced against everyone because i'm like i I notice I don't like white people nor black people, Asians or Latinos, and you, some of you Europeans can go fuck yourself too. And I, it was because the camp that I was, I was getting bullied, and I noticed I was getting bullied by everybody. So I decided to be an equal opportunist hater. Hell yeah! But I mean, I hate the, the thing participate. is participate, participate. But 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 the thing is, you know it. There's there's things about California I dislike. There's things about the Midwest where I grew up where I dislike. You know, and this is this is great. This is uh-oh. the anti-humanism. This is the 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 Church of Euthanasia. 
the, the one commandment. Oh, Thou shit. shalt not procreate. The four pillars, suicide, abortion, cannibalism, and sodomy. Oh, wait, what? The human population right now is 7,579,976,000, and it just keeps going up. 130, 41, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 people being born all every second. Anti-humanism is a relatively new philosophy which emerged along with the critique of industrialism in the modern era, particularly after World War One, anti-humanism gathered strength from the nihilism of post-1960s counterculture and is now evolving rapidly. So there's already a wide spectrum. At the moderate end are mainstream novelists such as Kurt Vonnegut, Breakfast of Champions, Margaret Atwood, Oryx and Crake, and Paul Thoreau, Ozone. All of these books contain anti-human concepts and observations, though their author's probably wouldn't use that word. There are also many anti-human movies, too many to list, but at a minimum are Eraserhead by David David Lynch, Lynch. THX1138 by George Lucas, and Soylent Green. Oh, I saw that one. I I love Soylent Green. At the extreme end are actual organizations such as the Church of Euthanasia, the Voluntary Human Extinction Movement, and the Gaia Liberation Front. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Save the planet. Kill yourself. That's what they say. You know say. what's funny is, okay, we just named a couple of my favorite things in that list. Yeah, sure. Because I love Kirk Vonnegut. Sure. Breakfast of Champions. And then Soylent Green is the shit. I love Margaret Atwood. Absolutely, yeah. too. Anna. This is their poem. Save the planet. Kill yourself. Greetings. We are not of this planet. We do not understand your strange customs. Your planet's ecosystem is failing. Your leaders deny this. Explain. Your leaders deny this. Your leaders deny this. Your leaders deny this. Why? Do your leaders lie to you? Why? Do so many of you believe these lies? Explain your strange customs. Why believe these lies? Save the planet. Kill yourself. Save the planet. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. I love it. I love these guys. Snuff it. Save the planet. Snuff it. Family albums. Snuff it. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I'm like family album. The four pillars. Okay. I have a. I have a question. Is um, oh wow. Look. Ooh. There we go. Ooh, that was hot. The the four pillars. Um, Does what's his face, Doctor Kevorkian? I wonder if they praise him. Absolutely. Sure. Euthanasia. They love it. Uh, Cause I'm all for that. Like, if you don't want to be here and you're suffering, then okay, snuff it. Ooh. Yeah. If you visited us before, here's what new. If you haven't, try starting here. Welcome. Oh, but go. if you encounter things that shock or offend you, don't complain to us because you've been warned. <laughs> I like to watch the plane coming in. Audio, video, <laughs> booklet, and lyrics. And there's. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's 9/11. If you guys photos, take a Peter family album. <laughs> Uh, There's a 911 plane. Sperm wind up somewhere it shouldn't. Call 1 800 584 9911 right now for emergency contraception. Hurry! You've got 72 hours. Driving drunk? Take off your (laughs) seatbelts. I love these people. Oh my God. This is comedy within itself. I love it. I love what they're doing here. The sperm? Yeah. She swallowed. Sorry you're here, as they say. This domain serves to collect a few resources that may uh, be interest to Ashers, people with the alt-suicide holiday news group and its numerous offshoots, generally concerned with the individual's right to die. Documents on this site are provided for reference only. If you are actively suicidal, you should explore all your options. (laughs) 
including <laughs> options like dying or getting psychiatric support. In particular, do not assume that any information on medical matters or suicide methods is necessarily accurate. It's hard to compile such information in a society that opposes suicide. And so much is hearsay. If you wish to publish something here or archive an ash-related site that's no longer active, including your personal websites of ashers, I don't know what an asher is, maybe becoming ash, that might be possible. What is here? Uh, I want to... The original alt-suicide holiday news group. This is chronic suicide support. Uh, I'm like, what does it tell you how to to kill Kill yourself? yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of know... Uh, I would like my email to be posted as a warning to others. Regular over-the-counter drugs are absolutely fucking terrible to kill yourself with. You need copious amounts of the drug that's if it works. It doesn't work. It's just so painful. Oh, if, if it doesn't work, it's just so painful. If you choose to poison yourself, do it right. <laughs> Go with paracetamol. Uh, going with paracetamol is one of the dumbest decisions to make just because it's available doesn't mean it's the best option to off yourself with this is very helpful stuff uh, anti-humanism go check them out (laughs) church of euthanasia so don't kill others just kill yourself yeah save the planet kill Kill yourself yourself. (laughs) I I, okay I particularly this Friday I'm at a wedding but um, Zach Wiseman is on Pamtastic's comedy clubhouse and he has a bunch of suicide jokes that I find very very funny and not offensive Um, he has one of them where he says if you're going to kill yourself, like, you know, really kind of fuck with people, you know, he's like, I want to jump off a pier with, uh, with, uh, he wants to jump off a pier with, you know, lead, with uh, cement on his feet, but he also wants to have, have a noose. So like one of these Jesus things is completely Christ. unnecessary. He obviously, I butchered his joke just now, but it he has all of That's these. brutal. Uh, why why jump off the Golden Gate Bridge? Why not jump onto the Golden Gate Bridge? He's a peak, <laughs> peak to roadway. It's ample distance to kill yourself. Plus, if you land in the street, you're going to kill yourself every time. Like If you jump Splat. off the bridge, you can live if you jump off. The... There have been people that lived. Yeah, I, I love I love Zach Wiseman's jokes. Come to Pantasis Comedy Clubhouse this Friday. Well, also talking about this stuff is like, you know, it's therapeutic. Like, I used to be suicidal at I've one point, there. you know, I make there. fun of myself. I don't sure. want to go to that deep, dark hole. You know, I wish people who were evil could try to kill themselves more, but you can't uh, kill evil. And, and George that's, H. The, Bush. that's the problem is that when what we see as evil, they don't. That's I, I've, I've gained, I've, I'm in therapy now, but I've gained a new compassion. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I'm free therapy every Tuesday from 10 to noon here on Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. You should listen in. You could listen to my therapy from yesterday. It was fucking good. We did this Feed the Demon thing, which is this Buddhist thing where we like dealt with like the voice in my head that's what we got rid of it but it was my mean the mean voice in my head that tells me that I suck and that I'm stupid and not good enough and and it's it's so trite I'm sorry I'm so I'm I'm just so like a, like white lady like oh my life is so unfulfilling first world problems yeah first world problems I just killed I, I let my demon go I didn't kill my demon but people I kill themselves go over those problems sure absolutely yeah the pickle dick in my head that's like you're dumb you're you're you you basically we went through like all this it's my shame and disappointment voice and the reason that it was there was that i needed to use that to and it sounds convoluted but it's the way i was protecting myself was with 
because if I if I hate myself, then if I hate myself more than everybody else, like that was what I came to. I'm like the voice in my head is like, you know, fuck you, you suck. So that I hate myself more than anybody can hate me. So that's a defense mechanism because mm -hmm. then other people can. You, it, it gives me the. It was giving me the freedom to have other people not like me and that be okay because I hate myself worse than they, anybody. I hate myself more than anybody could ever hate me. So that was a defense mechanism. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be like that. No. But now I'm 44 and I fed the demon and I and I get it. And we went back to like where that came from. The childhood. Right. Well, yep. it came, it went, it's it's so crazy. It was, it, it protects me because my problem is always with reality in that when I was freshman in high school, I went through this all in the thing. I, I, I went to a different junior high and then I went to this other high school and I thought it would be a good idea to run for student body president. It was a dumb idea, but nobody told me. I was so, no one ever told me that you don't do that, that people will be mean to you, to your face on stage. And they're, anyways, I tried to, I, I made a drastic error in judgment uh, about reality and it was really difficult for me to deal with. And yeah. so I started this voice that was like, shut up, you're stupid, you're not good enough, don't ever. But, I'm familiar with that voice. But I used to have all of this, you know, enthusiasm and I was so brave. I mean, that was a fucking brave thing to do, to go to a new high school and to try to be the student council president of the class. That was a stupid thing, but I didn't know. I didn't know that people could be so mean. Because teenagers are assholes. Well, because I was popular in junior high and then I went to the wrong high school I went to this other high school instead of the theater high school from the junior high where I was popular and I had friends and people liked me I had to go to this other high school and people didn't like me because and I tried to make friends the wrong way I tried to make friends by being like I'm cool let me be your leader and they're like fuck you you threw yourself out to the wolves too soon and they were literally wolves that was the name of the the school it was <laughs> the, the wolves, the wolves. <laughs> I literally <laughs> threw myself to the wolves. It was awful. High school's awful. And and yeah, I was suicidal and I tried to kill myself when I was 17 and and all that crazy stuff because I wanted to be with Jesus. There's so there's so much weird shit that made me who I am. And and that's okay. Yeah. I have to look at that and be like, well, I wouldn't be who I was who I am now if all of those things wouldn't have happened. But isn't it funny when you go deep into that dark, oh, dark lock so box awful. that you put away in your mind oh, so and bad. you're like, I'm going to leave it there and not open it ever again. But when you open it up, you kind of realize, like, especially as you've gotten older, yeah. you're like, okay, this is a part of me. I haven't thought about this in years, but this is kind of where a big part of me came from right. and why I had to fight to get out of that box. Why I have social anxiety and fear of large groups and why I always am scared of people not liking me is directly linked <laughs> to things in my childhood with people not liking me. Like, And of course now I'm like, oh, people don't like me, blah, blah, blah. But I, people do like me. Yeah. A lot of people like me. I'm such a fatalist where I'm like, everybody hates me, nobody. It's like, there isn't a no... Like, Latoya, you're my friend. You're my friend. Yeah. Rah. So, <laughs> so, but there's so much like stuff that happened to me. But, but ugh, uh, first world problems again. But also, my therapist said that I shouldn't kick myself for that. She's like, yeah. she's like that. Also, when you go, wah wah, poor little rich girl, first girl, first world problems. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Shut the fuck up and move on. She's like, that's not necessarily healthy either. That's another defense mechanism. Yeah. And so my therapist told me kind of the same thing too. Yeah, 
I'm yeah. learning. Yeah. I, she's, but you guys, if you want free therapy too, you can call in 415-550-0511 on Tuesdays between 10 and noon and talk to Renee McKenna. She has her own practice where oh, people sweet. actually pay her money. And so this is like her service to the community. And, um, I told her the other day, I'm like, it's a tax write-off too. You can write it off because you're giving oh. away your services for free. That end of the year is here. But sure. she wants to like help people and she's helping me a lot. That's that's good. So I you, need to go back, but I, I've honestly felt like doing improv again is my, my great way of therapy because mm-hmm. I've been less depressed because I'm doing my art form. Hell yeah. I'm not being sad and first world problems uh, my relationship is not going so well let me lay in bed all day and cry yeah. and not do anything uh, black problems i i uh, mean i felt i i mean we all go through that with our relationships too so yeah don't don't feel alone in that I uh, jonathan and i have our six year anniversary coming up on Ooh. christmas six years six high five yeah what six you- years you no, think? we're not doing anything special. <laughs> we already did something we're, special. No, we, we went to Greece. We're, 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 we're going that, yeah. to um, dinner. Some family's stuff down for Christmas. His, we're gonna visit. His family is gonna be around, and oh, that's gonna be sweet. yeah. We're gonna go hang out with his family. He still talks to his family, so that's nice. I, I, he still cares about them. <laughs> he has a loving, <laughs> emotional relationship with his mother and sister. It's very nice, but and what? and cousin and aunt. And but uncle. would you reach out to your brother and say Merry Christmas? Probably not. I mean, I guess we sort of mended the bridge I would just, with the thing. I would shoot him an email, be like, happy holidays. Sure. And short and sweet. Yeah. Just to see what the response is. Sure. I mean, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a, I think we're, I think that every, we're, oh, my, I know my parents aren't, but I think that my brother's probably in therapy. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If he wasn't. I mean, and not like, oh, my parents did such a shitty job. They didn't. They did it. My parents were did the did a great job. And they did the best they could. The problem is that they they negated my life choices as an adult. Like that's the thing where. But I got to get over that. Like, and that's the other thing we did two weeks ago in therapy with Renee. We took we we gave my mother's dreams back to her. Because I lived her dreams for a long time. She wanted to be a visual merchandiser. I was a visual merchandiser. You know, I was a teacher. I had a Lexus. I owned a house. I had a husband. Everything was quote unquote perfect. And now you have your freedom. And and right. And I left those. I made, I lived her dreams with unbeknownst to me. I did that. And then I decided that I was ridiculously unhappy and unfulfilled and I didn't like it and so rather than be a regular housewife and have a baby and then like ruin their life with all my dreams I decided to go live my life the way I wanted to and these are all choices I've made and these are all I'm where I am today is due to the choices that I've made that I have to own them whether I but I can't continue to be disappointed in my choices because I made right. these choices. And I can't, but it's not that I'm disappointed, it's that I'm channeling the supposed disappointment of other people onto myself. Very, yeah. But I, who the fuck cares? I, it's all, I mean, I can't, I don't have time to shoulder other people's disappointments in me. Fuck you. Like, I'm too busy <laughs> trying to be alive and, and, you know, I can't. I think people take advantage, especially when it comes to parents sometimes, that, you know, as long as you're asking, getting in trouble, getting incarcerated, having a bunch of babies, having to call your parents to bail your ass mm-hmm. out when you're already an adult, yeah. 
Uh, what's the problem? What's the problem? Yeah. What's the problem? I'm not in jail. I'm, exactly. I mean, yeah. have you? I mean, it, it's the thing. It's like to me, those four things. I'm like, okay, I'm doing good, and I can hold a job, or I have my own business. Sure. You know, and I and I can and I hold on to my Marxist principles in that <laughs> when I die, there ain't gonna be nothing to give on to anybody because I don't even have kids. But it's that only cats. It's only cats. It's it's the thing, and I, I try to. I mean. I, I do. I, I. There, Jesus did teach me a lot of good things. There is some good stuff in the Bible. You know, do not store up your wealth on earth, for you. You know, there you are riches in heaven. But I'm not going to store up riches on earth. I, I'm not doing. I don't believe. Fundamentally, I don't believe in money. Like I think that money is bad, and that we worship it. Things and stuff are not necessarily important. And it, it makes me crazy, and I feel terrible because I saw a guy today who had no shoes on. This is the second day in a row. It's motherfucking raining, and there's a guy with no shoes. Now, my shoes have holes in them because they're not done yet. They're about to be done, but um, this particular pair. Well, in my shoe too. Yeah, but uh, when I when I walk through, I live by Union Square. When I when I walk to wherever and I see somebody with a box of shoes and I know that they're $400 shoes and I see a person with no shoes and I go, what the fuck is going on? Like <laughs> that we have, that the, con- the, the concept of $400 shoes makes me angry. And, and there, there's there's $1,000 shoes. $1,500. There's $1,500 shoes. That's when it gets ridiculous. It, but this makes me fundamentally like sad that that we have people and even that live in this neighborhood or there's there are people that have nothing and there are people with lots of stuff there i babysit some kids that have so many clothes and so many shoes they could never wear them all i even have so many clothes and so many shoes that i can't wear them all so i just kind of now i just kind of wear a pair until they break and then i get it then i start wearing a new pair because i have so many from back in the day when i bought shoes and I just I and I, I don't mean to be like a Marxist pretentious <laughs> Marxist kidding. and be like I'm better than you because I care about people I don't I'm a terrible person the guy with no shoes today like I made 20 bucks in tips last night and I thought about it and I was like God I shouldn't have, I should have kept it as change I shouldn't have gotten a 20 because I should give this guy some money and I wanted to give him a 20 but then I'm like oh, I really want to get a burrito this afternoon like I want to care but, but, but the I thing can't. is it's 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 hard because this to me that's not being selfish one bit because if you're not making over 500 G's or a million dollars a year especially even in this town you're struggling so that $20 <laughs> is going to be like shit that $20 was real yeah like, like if I got some quarters I worked I worked hard for that $20 last night too. I smiled. I smile at people. So I I love my job. I'm I'm so I I feel hashtag blessed. I'm such an asshole. I'm sorry. I just no, said it's that. Not, it's not, but it's not I love I love my job. I love working at a bar. I've always wanted to work in a bar. And how many people can say I love my job? I love my job. How many people? I like my job. I, I don't it. love it, but well, I like it. I love cooking. I like serving the people. I, I like I like it. I and and the problem is that I was taught that this that I'm better than this job. Like some people think that. And way too. I feel like I, that's the way I was raised. The world needs ditch diggers too, Pam. That's what they used to say to me. If you don't <laughs> yeah. want to study, that's fine. 
you can do you can you you can do manual labor but there's nothing wrong with manual labor there's nothing wrong with service no it's great what someone's got to serve we got I like it. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes I love it. I mean, that's why I know I'm going to be in the service industry because it's not just me serving you this beverage. <laughs> um, no, I'm actually teaching you something about this beverage. Sure. And I'm teaching you how to engage with people because people don't know how to do that oh anymore. Oh my God. Or Staring like, at their phones. Yeah, or how to read a menu. Don't ask me. Here's a menu. Here's a menu. Yeah. That's what it's there for. Uh, the, the more, more you, know. you know. Yeah. There's um, <laughs> people come up and they look at the, I, I they can't figure out like how which menu to read and I'm like it's there. They're all it's, <laughs> it's, it's written it's, down. It's for right. you. Yeah. Or they'll they'll say, but your website said I'm like we never update the website. Yeah, There's like, no just disregard. This is, this is it. Yeah. And it's just like please didn't your parents teach you don't ever believe everything that's on the screen. Yeah, right. Everything that's yeah, it's in black and white. Exactly. It's not real. Read read this that's in front of you. Yeah. Common sense. But I think common sense has went out the window for but I mean the service industry to me there's a lot of people with degrees in them sure there's a lot of people who quit corporate jobs and said fuck this I will go back to the service industry I like it because we have freedom no one's going to tell us when and uh, when and where we can take our vacation that's true um yeah we may not give health care that's the downfall that's the downfall some thank god I've got you Medi-Cal. have Medi-Cal. Love it. I make too much money to get free Isn't one. Isn't that crazy? That's, I'm still trying to figure out if I want to pay $300 to SF General for the, you know, the SF healthy thing. Oh, yeah. Def- yeah. SF General is great. I've, I pretty much get all my stuff done there. I guess I will I love pay them, them $100 or $300. $300 a month? Uh, bi-monthly. 600 a month? Yeah, that's what I'm like. I oh should my just sign God. up. Or no, they said quarterly. So that's quarterly. still six. Yeah. So that's every three months. Oh, man. So that's still, I'm like, I could be buying real health care because it's not technically insurance. Right. So I'm like, uh, that's why I haven't paid it yet. Oof. They're exactly. Right. I'm like, $300. It's, it's so hard. Fuck you. <laughs> it's, it's so hard to health. I, uh, I just, I feel like in my utopian world, there would be free health care for everyone. Mm-hmm. And there would be food. Everyone, if you feel like you need food stamps, I feel like you should have food stamps. If you, shelter. they, um, I did this food study and they gave me 20 extra bucks a month for a while and it was great. Um, and I could only buy fruits and vegetables with it. And I really did buy more fruits and vegetables, but I had to go through these surveys and they'd ask me questions. And the questions were usually, did you have enough money for food this week or did you feel like did you no. eat did you eat less because you felt like you didn't have enough food and a lot of times the answer to that question for me was yes like I was afraid to, to spend money or I, I didn't have money to buy food and so I was concerned about where I was going to get my food from now and that shouldn't that happens and that's not first world problems right <laughs> that's and that, that's something like in a, in here in the richest country in the world where we waste so much food oh my god why should so that be food. that why should that be an issue this is another plus of working in the service industry oh, as I know. well is food food yeah, absolutely <laughs> your grocery bill does go down a little bit absolutely if you work in the service industry because yeah, the tater tots i mean <laughs> you eat whatever you i'm gonna eat cold on. tater tots and i run the fryer so i'll just re- reheat those little motherfuckers i love them shit i'm like if someone I love it. 
Listen, if someone takes a plate of food back and they didn't touch it, you know who's going to touch it? Me. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take eat it. To it. Go. I'm not going to throw. I ain't too proud to beg off to eat someone else's food. Th- this is one of the most. <laughs> I'll share with you something very embarrassing that I did uh, a while back. I was super hungry and uh, it was late night and I was walking down Mission and I looked in the window of a taqueria and I saw that someone had sort of like that was they'd left a bunch of food on their plate and I just walked in and took the taco off the plate and walked out there were it was I was like it was it was it was like they got a taco plate and they ate half of it and they left a taco on the plate and I was like Oh, I'm going in to get that taco. I was a little drunk, but I walked right in. I snagged that motherfucker off the plate, and I walked right out. No one said anything. I don't know if anybody saw me. I don't know how surreptitious I was with my taco thievery. But it wasn't like they went to the bathroom. It was like it was an abandoned plate. It had a napkin on it, meaning they were done. I, I understand that if there's a napkin on the plate, you're done. You but there was a taco. It. It was paid for. Uh, didn't it taste? I mean, I, I it didn't taste funny. It did. It tastes like someone's spitting it. It was fine. It's a taco, but I don't know. I, food. I love mine. my uh, one of my best friends. We went to go see uh, New Edition and Tina Marie. Oh this my is, god! How fun! That was a great show, and we were all we were all stoned, and we were sitting there. Yeah. Yay, weed. Yes. We were all sitting there, and we're like, damn, this show's good, but I'm hungry as fuck. And so all of a sudden, my homeboy Steve is crunching on nachos. And we're like, Steve, where the hell did you get these nachos? I'm like, I don't remember your ass leaving to get concessions. He's like, oh, I found them under the seat. Oh, my God. So he, And by the way, we're in an arena. So we're, yeah, so he's eating someone's crusty, cold-ass nachos at Allstate Arena in Chicago. I'm like, you nasty motherfucker. I mean, okay, there's one thing I won't do is dip. Double dipping in someone else's Double mysterious. Dipping. Come on. Now, yeah. eating a taco or like, ooh, there's a part of this burger someone didn't eat. You can cut around it. But nachos, you can't cut around that shit. Baba ganoush, hummus. No. No, don't double dip. No, you can't do that. There don't is- don't <laughs> double dip on me. I'm like, that's where sp- I draw. I, that's one I of draw the things that makes me there. crazy at parties is when I see people. And, and, and this is this is like old uh, San Diego stuff like who has parties anymore <laughs> well here no like well we used to have dinner parties and stuff like that but I, I used to make this really great uh, garlic aioli and you put it on the bread like it's a Spanish thing like a tapas thing but don't oh, fucking double dick yeah the Spanish um, like, an, like a garlic aioli it's basically just best foods mayonnaise with like tons my of garlic my boyfriend made and some for a Spanish omelet for Thanksgiving sorry food porn keep going buy a bag yeah, but don't, don't don't double dip on me that's where I draw the line it, French onion dip delicious double dip no I'm done no because gross that's your DNA going into I don't and especially if it's flu or cold season what is it about porn when they want people to spit in their mouth what is that about I don't like that either. I don't like it either I don't understand why it's sexy either I don't I'm only learning these things because of free phone sex on, on Monday night with Fred Scarf <laughs> this is another it's another new show we do free phone sex you can call in 415-550-0511 and you can get free phone sex it's, it's a lot of fun but I didn't I what is this spitting in the mouth thing that turned one of the fantasies was like they, they, he was like spit in my mouth I'm like ah I don't even want to phone sex that Ew, that's no you can spit on my tits yes or spit you can on my sp- vagina I I, like I'm not into the spit sort of 
anywhere. Make like it moist. you can lick, but don't spit. spit. <laughs> like, like really? I don't. I don't believe in the spitting in the mouth baby bird bullshit. I just. I just because it's gross. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. such a prude. I do free phone sex on Mondays from 10 to midnight, but I'm such a prude. It's so hard for me to. That's like God for Fred Scarf. He's super gay, and they do, they do a lot of they like a lot of dick sucking. You learning a bunch of I'm, stuff. I'm learning a bunch of stuff, and I'm I, but I, you know I'm just not a porn person. I just never. Uh, it's I love just it. like I and I I get it. I get it. Like I don't get some of it though. I don't get. It. I don't understand the whole new thing with the all the new. I, I mean, it must exist because I hear all the guys do jokes about it. But the incest porn. Okay, I guess incest is, porn is big okay, now. That's it is, and it's. Disgusting. I don't get it. I don't, like, what I'm, are we doing? I can't what? do. And the the problem I have with that primarily yes. is that. Ch- children, twelve-year-old boys with with phones are watching all the porn, and I think that the porn is, and they're not going to talk to their parents about it, and they're not going to say, "Hey, this is fantasy. This isn't real. They these are actors. They're not really related." Like, what if you had a sister? Jesus Christ! I mean, do you don't want t- children feeling? Ah! First of all. It's so it's, taboo. When I was trying to masturbate last night, because <laughs> I go to my favorite website, TBLOP, which me, which is basically acronym for the biggest porn list. Um, TBLOP. TBLOP. <laughs> um, and then I go straight to my Pornhub. Now, the first couple of things that go on there now are stepmom and no. stepdaughter three way or no, no, no. daughter mom or stepfather and step I'm just like okay no, 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 no. I see like a slew and I'm just like dude just get me to the interracial or the ebony or the big dick I, or the three way section those I don't are my favorite sections see, I don't want to see age difference I I don't want to see stepdaughters I don't, don't want to see I don't want to see why are why are we why are we playing out that fantasy? That's nasty. I'm sorry. I don't go that. I, uh, I mean, I'm a freak. I get it if it's fantasy, and fantasy's okay. Fantasy's okay, but fantasy's it's, fine. It's but a plethora. If you go onto this web, these some of these porn websites, there's a plethora of like stepmom or mom and a stepson and stuff I mean, like that. I'm just like oh, so. I get it in that. We can hearken. We can hearken back to the Greek tragedies <laughs> of Oedipus Rex and being blinded. Well, but those are like tales of don't fuck your mother or you're gonna be blind and you're gonna ruin the whole country. Like and your bloodline. Yeah, and your blood. You're gonna you're gonna fuck everything up. Don't do that. So it must have been a problem even back then. Obviously, like, so is it, it's just this is just a human thing where we just we what we want to fuck our children. I I, I just mean, don't even. If you think about the royal monarchy in England, oh, they're they're all that's why they all look horse faced. One of the fun most fun things <laughs> that we did when we were in Italy. I think the, the the best part of Italy was probably, and it's just so dumb to say, but one of the best things was their museums are pretty fucking amazing. And we went to this one in Naples, and it was great. But uh, when there's pictures of kings and shit, they are ugly as fuck. Like, there were some pinchy-faced, ugly motherfuckers, women and men. Like, weird... You could tell, like, 
You've been <laughs> fucking your own people. <laughs> Because they were like, they had, uh, their eyes were super close together, some of them, or they'd have these really big foreheads or very tiny pinchy faces. And, I, and you're like, and you think at those times you're looking at a portrait from like 1347 of some Flemish thing, whatever. And you're looking at it going, the painter was probably trying to be kind as well. Like, the, <laughs> like this is a painting. It's not like a, this isn't a picture. This is a painting. painting. So they were probably being nice. Cause I, I, my motherfucker must have been really, really ugly. Because of all the inbreeding oh of fucking God. cousins, uncles, moms, dads. That's how it. That's how it went. And so now we're in the modern age of technology, where it's become a trend. But and but now here's the thing that's weird. Why are the white men so scared of interracial relationships? Because they want to stay, they want to keep the white. It's like so. Evolution states, evolution states that you want to intermix. To it's just like okay, chocolate labs all have not all, but have hip dysplasia and issues, and because they're just bread and bread and bread. Like if if you have like a labradoodle, they don't have any problems because the poodle and the lab are now the better dog. It's a better dog. It's a smarter dog. It's a dog that doesn't shed. It's a fluffy nice dog. And then it's all woman they do and their little paws and shit. They're so cute. Labradoodles are the cutest. Hell yeah. Mix a brown chocolate lab and a it's it's better for them to be mixed anyway too because they have less health problems that's correct exactly yeah yeah rather than a purebred purebreds usually have the most health problems like boxers all get cancer why because we keep i mean that's the same evolution moves on and and the fear of the white man of like immigration's bad and the brown people are bad because we need to stay white. We can't keep our blood pure. It's like, Aha, but what? your blood is not pure. Yeah, it's, y- it's your blood so is Harry the, Potter. I know. I, I mean, I think, <laughs> I know. Okay, so for those white dudes that think that way, it's two things. That, we want to keep the white race pure, but they're idiots. And two, the fear of the big black cock. Is that what it is? I think that goes, it's, I believe, believe, believe it's, in, that it's those two it things wow. and the fact of the matter of like they're worried about their when, tiny peepees yeah and the, I, listen my dude is white and he ain't got a tiny peepee i've seen some white dudes that have some large peepees yeah grower but grower, not a shower. yeah it's but fine. they're i mean but i also i feel that that's a that's a big and part of it honestly wow. in this day and age are you like there are so many ways better ways to get a woman off than with your dick your dick can be involved as well but there's toys and things and stuff and all kinds of things you can do it really i honestly think the 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 big dick thing i don't get it i i I mean i i don't get it it either but i also think white men are 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 also uh, in fear and they know deep down that black men come from kings and we come from kings and queens and we're warriors and we're fighters and we're strong-willed and that is also something that intimidates them mm-hmm. because that is mm-hmm. a, that is the number one strength the the whole well the definition of what being a man is about and i see right, as big, like strong yeah fierce i will fight i will not go down without a fight sure you know i won't enslave my people because i'm too uh, lazy to do the work myself <laughs> i am i am a i am a man i'm a black man and i will do this and you know and i think that's also a fear that a lot of white supremacists 
have about the black men and black people in general, black women as well. Because they're, they're because they're afraid that they're stronger. Exactly. I, I didn't. I, I never thought of that. Yeah. The, the man dingo. I mean, look how much. Yeah. I mean, look how much we've had. A, I'm just even talking about the African American. I hate saying African American. The black experience in America. We're not even talking about worldwide. Well, and it, that's so funny. <laughs> um, there's a uh, on everyday conversations on race for everyday people. I keep talking about new shows, but they're great. This uh, Monday is 10, just, 10 to noon. I like that. It's co- yeah, you should ha- be interviewed by Sima Lieberman. She's a badass. But sh- every week um, from 10 to noon, she does everyday conversations on race with everyday people. And she had one guy in here who is black and who is gay, but he's from Uganda. Oh, yeah. And so he was saying that his experience was so different because he's not African-American. No, he's, he's black. He's black. <laughs> he's, he's African. He's, he's Uganda. African. Yeah. He's the, he's but the he's, real brother. He said that um, it wasn't because where he grew up, everybody was black. So being black wasn't a problem, but being gay was. Oh, absolutely. So that That's... he felt the other and he felt and he said that coming here was so weird because People are like, what's it like to be black? And he's like, it's more like, what's it like to be, be gay? gay. <laughs> yeah. it's like, because there's an ish, a big problem with that in certain African sure. uh, countries as well, yeah. where they will cur- they will murder people. Mm-hmm. But they do that in the Middle Eastern countries right. as well. If I think it's Saudi- 72 countries, it's still illegal to be gay. Yeah. India just uh, decriminalized, decriminalized it. Decriminalized it. Yeah. I mean, even same thing in Europe. Depends what part of Europe you're in. But Oh, I, I mean, know. Look at Russia. Russia hates gay people. Oh, fucking they're Russia. really mean to gay people. I don't like Russians. They're so mean. Well, and I, I like. I don't mean to say that. I mean, I like. I know a lot of Russians I mean, that are actually quite nice people. Like, there's a couple comedians that are Russian. Russians don't like black funny. people. Russians do not like black people. <laughs> I, I mean, I wonder there probably isn't a lot of like, there immigration. No, of the- listen. When Obama was president, they had they would always put monkey pictures up of no. him in Russia. Yeah, them folks is uh, racist as fuck. Oh, dude, I don't know who's worse, certain Southern white crackers wow. yes. or Russians. Wow. Now I'm not saying all Russians, but come on, they don't have the best track record for being nice to black folks. I'm just saying, but they also didn't colonize either so that's a part that's a that's a good part of them uh how bad is the racism problem in russia (laughs) russia is a deeply racist country (laughs) that holds minorities in open contempt not quite the equivalent of jim crow but still distressing um racism runs deep in russia xenophobic prejudice is widespread in russia wow Shocking racism social experiment in Russia. Uh, you see why Russians look weird with them little beady world, eyes. I didn't even realize this. World Cup 2018, Russia faces new racism allegations. Yeah. I had no idea that Russia was so racist. I'm so closeted. What, what's, I am. It's, uh, it's like I live I, like I live in a barrel of IPA and I come out for free ice cream days. Uh, I used to say whiskey, but I, haven't, I don't drink whiskey anymore. Oh, that just made my insides burn. Yeah, it's... But I, 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 boy, do I love that IPA. I had no idea that Russia was so racist. Yeah, I mean, not only are they homophobic, but they're racist as fuck. And some of them are ugly as fuck, too. All that keeping it pure. I've, uh, when I was watching the World Cup in Russia and I was watching all the Russians, I feel like they look exactly like us. Their language is just funny looking. Like, that, they look exactly like Americans. I was, like, I, so surprised. So? I was so surprised. I was like, wow, they look just like us. Okay, 
look at okay I see like okay now with the exception of Mikhail Baryshnikov who's still <laughs> HOT to me oh super God, hot is he God. still alive he's still alive oh my God. He, I think he's in his 70s but he escaped Russia because he's like I'm not I'm Russian but y'all Russians are fucking crazy I don't like y'all um but there's a certain beady eye look that they have Vladimir Putin well, I think he's an I think he's an AI. Oh, look like <laughs> I don't think he's him? a real yeah. Oh, look it, see, look, look at that. They got that big old head face. and the beanie eyes. Mm, yeah, he but looks- not attractive. But but then here's another thing cuz I think my prejudice with certain Russians, I should say, started to happen when I was working for Lancome Cosmetics uh-huh. dealing with Russian women. Now, I like the fact that a lot of men think Russian women are beautiful until they get the age of 25. Then they start to look old as fuck. Then they look like barrels with legs. Yes, exactly. Weird. Uh, this is incredible. I didn't know about this. Uh, right before the World Cup opener, uh, Russia was overshadowed by a bunch of uh, racism, which I didn't realize. So this is it. Um, uh, the football's governing body, FIFA, is asking questions about Russia's willingness to stamp out racist abuse in its domestic league after Ghanaian footballer Emmanuel Frimpong claimed he was subjected to monkey chants mm-hmm. from Spartak Moscow fans during the opening of the Russian that. Premier League. Oh, what? Yeah. A, a guy from Ghana. They do that shit in, in their, Spain, too. That is not... Cool. Yeah, they do that shit in Spain and Italy. They like to throw uh, bananas at <gasps> you know. They, Europe is racist, but there is a deep, 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 deep racism in Russia. I mean, and by the way, another I I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but <gasps> someone told me this, and they are Russian. They say one of their customs they don't smile. That's why you don't see them smiling walking down the street, like you know how sure. it's like you know. Hi, have a good day. Yeah, there you go. No, <laughs> mean. Why y'all gotta be so mean and racist with your beady eyes? <laughs> are, are Russians racist against black people? This is Fuck a yes. this is a person who um, she said um, she's African American or black. Uh, oh, she travels around. And the world. she travels around Russia. Have, yeah. So she says, if you read this blog or follow me on social media, you're probably already aware that my husband and I spent ten days in Moscow and St. Petersburg a few months back. Are Russians racist against black people? Uh, in the time since I've gotten a lot of interest and questions from people about our trip, this isn't entirely surprising because while Russia gets its fair share of visitors, it's not a hugely popular destination for most holidaymakers. No. Russia is not on the average traveler's radar, and it could be due to a few factors. The weather is brutally cold most of the year. It has a reputation for being eye-wateringly expensive, and its sordid political past and unstable political future make it far more attractive to vacation in tourist hubs located in nearby Western Europe. Uh, Moreover, though it may be purely conjecture, Russians are not renowned for being the warmest or friendliest people. Russia thus remains largely unexplored by the general tourist population. Given all the above, I totally get why people were interested in a Russian holiday. Their interest comes from a place of simply not knowing, but apart from the frequent so it's a like question, my trip has also elicited a lot of curiosity from fellow black travelers who ask time and time again, what was it like to travel there as a person who is melanin blessed? Uh, is it true that Russians are racist towards black people? 
Did you suffer any racial discrimination in Russia? What was your experience in Russia traveling as a black woman? In this post, she's going to share our experiences. So we, we can, I, I want to hear excited. if she's racist or not. Uh, some historical com- context, African descended people in Russia. In order to understand why this question pops up so much, it's necessary to understand the history of African descended people in Russia and former Soviet republics. In my research on the web, I was surprised to discover that black folks have long had a presence in what was known as the USSR. According to this article, hundreds of African-Americans traveled to the region between 1920 and 1930 in an attempt to make a better life for themselves, as well as to escape the economic strife and racial persecution they faced in the USA. That was during Stalin's era. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, before World War II. Blacks from the African continent weren't far behind. This article explains why they relocated to the Soviet Union in large numbers, recruited by officials promising a free university education. The social climate for black people at the time was uh, thus good, with skilled black laborers and professionals often receiving red carpet treatment in the form of enviable salaries and subsidized housing. Damn. But this contrasts sharply with the recent (laughs) depictions of race relations in Russia. A quick Google search reveals articles about hostility against blacks across the country, at which best has included verbal abuse like the racial epithets hurled at black soccer players by fans during the matches and at worst has culminated in outright physical violence during uh, games on Russian soil. It's thus no surprise that black travelers will the of the present day are concerned about their safety and well-being while traveling in Russia. Will traveling while black on Russian soil put them in harm's way? Her experience. The short version, I had no issues at all during my time in Moscow and St. Petersburg. In fact, I was treated exceptionally well. I got a lot of love from local people. And this was shocking to me based on what I'd heard and read about relations in Russia. The long version. I felt like I was received with open arms during my stay. I got some curious looks, but none of the long laser-focused stares I've encountered in many parts of Asia. People were extremely polite, helpful, and cordial, especially in Moscow, which is decidedly the most Russian of the two cities. St. Petersburg looks like it feels very much like Western Europe. I also found it to be way more touristy and easier to navigate as English as opposed to just Russian language, is written and spoken far more widely than in Moscow. Here are some examples of encounters I had in Moscow that stuck out the most. Russian people unsolicited approached us on the street and the subway and offered to help with getting around. Moscow's subway can be daunting as the signage is in acrylic alphabet and most guidebooks and maps have the station's names written in Roman characters. At times we struggled, but never had difficulty receiving assistance. On one occasion, Seeing the look of puzzlement on our faces, a gentleman stopped, um, uh, uh, stopped, I don't know what that word is, despite his hating English, or his halting English, took five minutes to point us in the right direction. All right. Uh, The elderly lady in the subway car who smiled at me and patted the seat adjacent, beseeching me to sit down (laughs) beside her. The security guard at the Europinski Mall, who, upon discovering I was from Canada, engaged us in an animated discussion in an animated discussion about his love for my country. He once lived and worked in Nova Scotia. That old lady, she probably, she's like, oh, you remind me of my black friend that left. Come sit down. Come sit down. (laughs) The young man working in the Adidas shoe store who treated me with care and provided me with exceptional service. He thanked me for visiting his country and implored me to explore most of it, more of it. He also lamented the fact that Russians have a reputation in the world for being bad people. Ah! 
The older man in the same shoe store who came in from the other end of the shop to tell me which shoes to buy. Lady, the black one's better, he said. You need shoes to run from Russian man. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they're liking that melanin. So... Uh, why you should perhaps take my assessment with a grain of salt. I'm a black woman, not a black man. I would be remiss if I, if I didn't acknowledge this. Black women that travel are less perceived a threat, threat. than black men. Blame mass media who seem hell-bent on propagating the idea that black men are imposing, dangerous, and criminal. That's she, just, also, that's, yeah, that's, she just seconded what you, what you said. <laughs> That they're, people but, are afraid of black men because they're, they find them imposing and scary, which is same. totally perpetuated by our media. And every time you watch the news and there's another black man who's done something, or you look at the, the, the website, you look at the news websites and they have all the pictures of bad things that have happened and it's black but, dude, black dude, black dude. Where are all the is, white people with This crime? is going back. Okay, so earlier we were talking about not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, George Herbert uh, Bush. Okay, this coalongs with the fact of like he is the one that did the Willie Horton ad in 1988. Do you recall that ad? No, it was Horton an ad. Who? No, not Horton. Is you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> the Willie. This is a racially charged ad propagated by the uh, by the Bush campaign. Bush in 1988 was running up against uh, Michael Dukakis, who was a Greek dude. Right. I, um, he was a Democrat as well. Yeah. So there's this Willie Horton ad that came out in 1988 during the election. Uh, we should. Yeah, should. looking it up, New York Times. Uh, yeah. Bush made Willie Horton an issue in 1988, and the issue is still fresh. Yeah. Yeah, it's still and fresh. Racial scar- scars are still fresh. The, the whole ad put Willie Horton uh, scary black guy Dukakis is going to make these scary black guys get at, have weekends yeah. out of prison an attack ad made by George Bush's supporter for his supporters for his 1988 presidential campaign is infamous for stoking racial fears mm-hmm. the ad served as a precursor to the racially charged politics of today yeah that piece of shit Scary black guy. The Willie Horton episode and the political advertising that came to epitomize it remain among the most controversial chapters in modern politics. A precursor to our the race issues we're dealing with right now. Let's let's we'll look at it. Uh, it's, this is an archive, so it went all the way back here. Uh, this is from November fourth, nineteen eighty-eight. George Bush and Willie Horton. Uh, this is a digitized version of an article from the Prince. Times Print Archive before the start of online publication in 1996. To preserve these articles as they originally appeared, the Times does not alter, edit, or update them. Occasional, the digitization process introduces transcript errors or other problems. Please send reports, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, let's we're see. Going back to the yeah, 80s. we're going back. This is George Bush and Willie Horton. This was an old, this is a time machine thing. When it came to be known that prominent advisor to Vice President Bush's campaign, had once made a count of Jews in the Bureau of Labor Statistics for President Nixon, mm. the campaign dropped him in a flash. When five Bush advisory committee members were accused of anti-Semitic activities, the campaign dropped them in a flash. But when Bush supporters ran an anti-Dukakis TV commercial playing on the fears of black criminals, it took three weeks for the campaign to disapprove. And when the Maryland, Maryland Republican Party put the same twist in a scurrilous fundraising letter, it took the campaign six weeks to disapprove. 
Mr. Bush has, apart from the start, portrayed Governor Dukakis as soft on crime. His diffidence in disowning these extreme manifestations of his theme conveys cynicism. Worse, these events dramatize the need to control the flow of sewer money outside the official campaigns. Willie Horton is a black murder convict who raped a Maryland woman and stabbed her companion while on a weekend furlough from a Massachusetts prison. Massachusetts was wrong to furlough a murderer sentenced to life without parole. Governor Dukakis inherited the furlough problem from his Republican predecessor and eventually ended it too slowly. But Willie Horton is not unique. Many states and the federal government give furloughs. Other prisoners on furlough have committed murder. Nevertheless, Mr. Bush has flogged Governor Dukakis with the case for months. It should not surprise him that supporters carry it to extremes nor take him, nor take him weeks to disavow them. The TV commercial in question opened with a declaration that Bush supports the death penalty for first-degree murders and that Dukakis not only deposes the death penalty, he allows first-degree murderers to have weekend passes from prison. Then came the photos of Mr. Horton, details of his crimes, while flashing the words kidnapping, stabbing, and raping. The sponsoring committee says it notified James Baker, the Bush campaign chairman, and the commercial would run for 28 days, offering to call it off for Mr. Baker's approval. Disapproval came on the 25th day. <coughs> yep. 25th day. He was even slower to denounce a September fundraising letter from Daniel E. Fleming, Maryland's Republican Party chairman, that warned the Dukakis-Willie Horton team. The letter paired photos of the convict and the governor with the headline, headline this is your pro-family team for 1998? The text said, you, your spouse, your children, and your friends can have the opportunity to receive a visit from someone like Willie Horton if Mike Dukakis becomes president. Mr. Baker disavowed the letter last weekend, six weeks after the fact, but then contended that Mr. Bush not be held responsible. Yet in July, before Mr. Dukakis picked a running mate, Lee Atwater, the Bush, camp the Bush campaign manager said, maybe he will put this Willie Horton on the ticket. <laughs> Two episodes cast harsh light on the vice president and even harsher light on the Federal Elections Commission. Presidential campaigns are supposed to be paid for with public funds. The offensive TV ad was sponsored by a committee that has spent $7 million for the Bush cause. It could do so because the commission refuses to stop the flow of funds in the flow flow of funds to independent groups oh, sewer money money in politics if the bush campaign wanted to stop these individual smears sooner it could have if the commission wanted to stop the flow of funds it make that makes them possible it could have too so that's an old article from november 4th 1998 1980 1988 wow that's during the election that was 30 years ago mm -hmm. yeah. wow i was just you're 14 um, i was just being done with um it was, well, I was i was a freshman actually this is so funny that this was this was probably this time of year well it was early it was probably september or october that i didn't become the president of the class and everybody made fun of me uh but it was that year it was it was um 1988 i went from junior high to high school that was also the summer i was 13 years old that i burned my kitchen down this is a fun story. So I I burned I burned down the kitchen in in um in at the Australia house the house um, that was across the street from the high school the high school that they wow. anyways so it was the summer in between and I decided to make these little Swedish 
deep fried cookies. Basically, it's a it's a handle with a spring a sprocket thing that comes out on either end. It was summertime too, and I'm making Christmas cookies like a weirdo. Anyways, you dip it, you dip the this weird little handle thing with these little. Um, you know, they're little um, snowflakes on the end. Uh-huh. Shapes. You dip it in the stuff and then you put it in the deep fryer and then they go and then they come off the little mold and then they're these cute and then you dust them with powdered sugar. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about. So. I know what you're talking I'm about. I'm making, I'm, uh, my and my brother had been deep frying something earlier. We used to do a thing. This is very. This is a pro tip. You get frozen burritos, like a bunch of them, just cheap frozen burritos from the store, but then you you chimichanga them, you deep fry them. So he had made some deep fried burritos and he had taken the, the lid and he put it in the sink and there was water in the lid. This is important for later. So I'm 13 years old. It's the summertime. I'm bored. I'm going to make these, I'm going to make these deep fried treats. So I put the oil in the pan and I was using, I, I didn't have a high enough side on the pan. I was using like a, a small pan and I put, I put a lot of oil in it. And I was getting ready, and I had it. I had it on high. Uh-huh. I learned. I learned a valuable lesson: never turn your back on oil on high heat. And the other thing was, it was it wasn't a gas burner. It was an electric burner, so it made a difference in that they don't cool down. Like when you turn the heat off of a fire burner, that yes, the heat's yes, gone. It's gone. But yeah. with an electric, electric one, it stays still warm. It's hot. So I had, I was heating up the oil. I had the oil on high. Bad Pam. I turned around. I'm mixing the batter because I'm going to dip the things in. I turn around, the pot of oil is on fire. And I'm like, ah! And at this point, I'm, I'm home alone. But I know what to do. So I, because my brother had left. He'd gotten his burritos and he left. So I know, I, I know what to do because I know what to do. So I get the, the top of the pan from the, it's wet, right? And I put it on the pan. But the water makes everything spread. Ignites so water. then it ignites. Some, I'm trying to put the oil out. But now the, um paper towels are on fire and now the cabinets are on fire and everything's on fire so I get a box of baking soda and I throw it everywhere and everything's still on fire so I'm like I call 911 and I say I've lit my kitchen on fire how and long did it take them to it come? It took them a long time to come it took them about 10 minutes oh, wow. but no so privilege there. during this time I uh, get all the animals out of the house and I take them into the garage and so people had come around they'd seen the flames from the road and they came around they were like are you okay and so the people some people will arrive to help before even the fire department comes so now here comes the fire department they little girl little girl are, are you okay I've got my pets and I'm I've got three cats and a dog on a leash and I'm like I'm out of the house and I had said to them I'm not a little girl I'm going to be a freshman in high school. And they laughed at me. Um, <laughs> they laughed but they, they, they said when they, so they went inside and they, the, the fire actually, they said was kind of out by the time they, they came or it had smoldered. They did something, but they ended up putting fans, you know, throughout the house to get the smoke out. Soot was everywhere. It was in, we had to get the whole house repainted and we had to redo the kitchen and everything was so, like there was in the drawers upstairs, there was soot. Like it just, it just went inside the entire house. I burned the kitchen down. Like I did. I burned the cabinets. We had to get new cabinets. We ended up getting a new stove. Really, it was actually kind of a boon because my parents got a new kitchen out of it, but I burned down the kitchen. But what I remember most is being outside and talking to the firemen and them saying, hey, you did everything right. They're like, we could tell. They were like, you were calm on the 911 call. Good job, little girl. And I'm like, I'm not a little girl. I'm 13. I'm going to be a freshman. I'm going to be a freshman. I'm 13 nipples. years old. I got little nipples. I don't even know if I had nipples back then. <laughs> um, but 
They said I did everything right. They said, we saw the baking soda. We saw the top to the pan. They're like, you did everything right. Only it you just got out of control. Only never. you can prevent kitchen fires. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. By never, never turn your back on hot oil. I, Lesson learned. Let's see. 1988, I was seven. So uh, by this point, November of 88, I was seven. This is actually the first time I remember paying attention to politics and what was going on around me. Sure. Because by that point, I I think I was growing out of like playing with dolls, but into Nintendo and watching hockey. Yeah, love that hockey. I love that Nintendo <laughs> hockey game. It was a great game. I, the power pad. Yeah. I had the power pad, so track and field. Mm. And so I, I just remember kind of being aware of my surroundings. And then I started to read a lot of cool books for my age. I, uh, because I didn't have any siblings I was growing up around. My cousin was, she was 13. Yeah. So she was older than me. So she didn't want to, who wants to hang around a seven year old when you're 13? Ah. So I'm hanging well, around my look, grandparents. But you, a seven year old, if you're thir- if you're 13, then you're babysitting them. Yeah, exactly. Back in, back in yeah. our day, right. if you were 13, you, I mean, that's why I said I'm not a little girl. I'm 13 years old. Like I've been right. babysitting since I was 11. So I'm thinking I'm this big responsible adult that knows how to put out a fire. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I was hanging around with my, my elderly grandparents. Well, they, yeah. they weren't that elderly, but I just remember paying attention to politics. this politics. Yeah. That was like, that's, that's cool. the first thing I remember. And that's why I wish nothing but pure, uh, rest in white pieces in hell. <laughs> George Bush. And your family too? They they think, I, that was what I was trying to make the point of. They think they're doing right though. People that we see as evil and bad and that their choices are terrible, they are coming from a place where they believe in the choices that they're making as good. They, I don't they, think that all the time though. Do, I though. really think, I think, I think there's by this. <laughs> think, they think they're, they're I good think people. there's, I think there's so much greed that's involved that they just don't care. But and I, and it's greed and power when you have that much. It's power is a fucking drug. I see. I don't know, man. I think they think they're doing right. I don't think that you can be the president of the United States without thinking I that think, you're doing the right thing. Okay, I think there are certain presidents that had a little bit of that. I'll give Franklin Roosevelt a little bit of that, but he didn't like black people. He did. The, he did not. Oh, another presidential dead story. A dead president story. <laughs> um, after uh, Jesse Owens came back from uh, the, the Olympics, the Olympics, the crazy ones in Berlin, in where, Berlin, oof. where uh, that fucking Nazi, um, you know, Hitler, Hitler. didn't shake his hand. Yeah. Jesse Owens comes back to the States and they're going to have a dinner for him. Homeboy got to go through the back. I, I, uh, oh, and you know who else? Excuse refused? me? You in the White else? House, they made him go through the back door. You know who else refused to shake his hand? that nigga in the wheelchair he didn't franklin delano roosevelt would i have no idea that he was so racist so that's why his ass is in a wheelchair rolling that's amazing to me (laughs) yeah that's amazing the only presidents i could think of that i will probably actually give a rat's ass about who we have left um number one of course barack you know but he had some issues him I like me some Clinton. I love me some he, Clinton. He did some dirt too, so he'll get some. And I, I'm gonna. I, the, we know the next guy is gonna be Jimmy Carter. He's his I, ass is 94. I love Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was before my time, 
And so, but reading about him, and especially with the fact that he does He's the, a peanut farmer. Yeah, he was going to he was going to basically legalize weed back in 1978. Oh, God bless him. And and he's a he. He's pro civil rights. He's always been pro civil rights. And That's why he didn't win in 1980, along with the gas embark- right, embargo. Right, the gas thing was crazy then. And but he also started uh, Habitat for Humanity. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's been building houses for people. He, the guy's got a heart. You can tell. I, I mean, if anyone yeah. if anyone's going to be sad over like an old white dude, it would be over Jimmy Carter. Sure, so sure. hopefully he gets props because he's next. I'm sorry, he is. Well, and this creepazoid. Oh. Oh God, the I... David Copperfield, he's in he's in hell with his wife, that old bitch. <laughs> so that's my rant. Yeah, I'm, I hey, that's my that's my thirty year rant. Well, you know what? It's <laughs> it's great. It's great that we live in a country where we get to have free speech and we get to have like we get to say that our some of our presidents have been uh, huge piles of dog shit. Oh, this one is. And weird. um, yeah, but and it's great that we get to do. That. I mean, can they do that in Russia? Can they call Putin a pile of dog shit? No, or they get in trouble for that still. No, that that bam. Uh, what is it? Uh, Pussy riot. Oh. Yeah, they got in trouble for you know condemning him and what have you. They sent their ass to jail, and now they're like exiled out of Russia. Yo, fuck that. It's, no, I'm, because they, you know, they spoke their the truth about that beady odd fuck feminism. Feminism, yeah, homosexuality. I, you'll, you'll like this. When I was in, uh, when I was in Arkansas, I did a lot of feminist jokes, and um, they went well. And they went fine. I think because I did the Bible jokes first, and they there's one of fun, them. fuzzy part, right? I and I, oh, I told them how great they are. Oh, this was a new joke I wrote. I'm very excited about it. Um, why can't people in California have guns? Oh, why? Because they're always triggered. <laughs> That, that is funny? good because we're always triggered. Did you did you get a good laugh out of oh that? I know you did. And then I went I into like, it. so I started by shitting on San Francisco, and I so I used the line after that. I was like, people in San Francisco are so PC. We call homeless people questionably housed, and I got I got a great laugh on that. And then I said, we're so PC because it was it was Black Friday. I said we're so PC. We call Black Friday African American Friday. <laughs> That's kind of funny. And then I did a Spider-Man joke. I was like, did you guys did you guys get your PS4 1752 with, with a black Spider-Man? Spider-Man has no race. The kids are woke. Um, and I did then I went into That's woke awesome. kids and then I said, uh, you know, eight-year-olds are so woke in San Francisco. I, I hang out with one. And um, she was so concerned about me, she gave me a joke book to so I could, you know, relate with you guys. Yeah, she was just so concerned about me going to the Bible Belt. And that tells you how my comedy career is going. I'm getting advice from an eight-year-old. And then I did a knock, then I did knock, knock. Because I, I was like, oh, the child's are, who's there? Jesus. Jesus who? I, I thought, you guys, you're the Bible Belt. You don't know who Jesus is? I thought you were the ones who knew Jesus. Like, he's a personal this, Lord and this. Savior. He's your buddy. Wasn't it you guys? They're laughing, laughing. So I, I made up the, That's I, that was all new material that I just That's kind of like good. made together. And then I went into my Bible jokes. And then I did. My geez, God cheers. I did. There is only one God. Andy is the sun God. Ra, ra, ra. Big joke. And then San Ramon Valley Christian Academy. Go zealots. 
big laugh on Zealots. You identified it with the crowd because of your background. Because of my, and they loved all of it. And then I, and then I did, uh, you know, give me a K, K, give me an I, I, give me an L, L, give me an L, L. Who did the Jews kill? Jesus. And like people were yelling, Jesus, put those nails in my hands. We'll all go to the promised land. Yay. We get 12 man to heaven. Yay. And they were like laughing the whole way through that. So that joke doesn't really work here because See, people are heathens that? and out there. And they said, oh, the, the end of that joke is uh, the only thing that, you know, wasn't Christian cheerleader. The only thing that sucked is that the, the skirts were really long, which are which are not <laughs> sexy, uh, and that my butt always hurt from protecting my virginity. Also, uh, also not sexy. Big laugh there. Big laugh uh, there. That's good. And then I did my Bible jokes, and I do a little sodomy joke at the end of that one. I said Levit- Leviticus twenty twelve. If you're gonna sleep with your father in law, you should be, both be stoned. And then I went into. Um, pot pothead material, and that was fine. And then I took it into feminism. I even I even closed um, one of the shows with side scrote. <laughs> like I mean, they were once I once I like engendered myself to them, and they didn't hate me. I found that I could do a little more of my edgier material, but I also right. didn't swear at all. It was it was technically I did clean sets. Yeah, you did PG thirteen. I did PG thirteen. I did, I, and I was I was so. I'm really chuffed, which is because I watch British Baking Show and I like the word chuffed now. But I'm, I'm really, I feel really great about my time there and that I was a real professional comedian and that I could do that. It's, I was going to say, like, you, it feels like you had a certain freedom yeah. out there, believe it or not, because the fact of, like, when you are in this business, you don't want to give a fuck. No, you, you don't know, want to give a fuck. The yeah. thing is, but you have to offend yourself. You have to make fun of yourself. That's one thing. Yeah. You, that's the number one thing you have to that, do. That's what we can all agree on is I'm an idiot. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and especially, <laughs> and especially if you're coming to someone else's territory, make fun of your territory because your territory ain't the shit. Right, so, right. And then, and then slide on down to like, okay, so I know what you guys are into. And it makes, it's, it, it has this, it's a blanket of comfort when you can identify rather than hate, be hateful yeah. and po- be offensive out I, here. I thought they were going to hate me though. And they didn't. No. Because I just had to tailor my material to them a little. I told you that you were going to be just fine. Just tweak it. You're going to be just fine. It was, and it it's fine. just, it's it's sad though out here. You you know, maybe you shouldn't do that one about Jesus is a Jew. <gasps> right, 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 you right. Know. Yeah. Uh, the, they... I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the Jews kill. The Jews did kill. Jews. It's okay. It's, we, it's it's in the it's in the book. It's okay. It happened. You can make we fun can. of everyone else but the Jews. Okay. We're yeah. Really sensitive. Yeah. We're really triggered. That. Yeah. They, you, they loved that. They loved that trigger joke because they love guns. Yeah, that's. A, and. But it's kind of true about California. God, yes, it is absolutely true. So, Everybody is so fucking triggered right now. You can't say anything. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the uh, saying any thing or okay is good yeah it's, might offend somebody yeah. i i'm gonna make up a I, okay and i don't want to make fun of pronouns but that might be offensive. just just tell just tell whatever pronoun you want me to call you that's fine just tell me tell me what pronoun write it down tell me whatever text but don't get don't get mad when i fuck up i'm sorry i'm trying my best like i'm trying to i'm trying to respect your gender and i and i want to and i think that everybody could has the right to choose whatever they want to be. I I like to identify as a cat. Right. But identify as however you want to identify. But But don't get mad at me when I'm not identifying enough. Like, I'm trying. That shit pisses me off. I'm not identifying enough. Ain't nobody trying to take your goddamn 
rights away. No, we just sometimes we just don't know. We don't know what rights. We need to be educated on shit too. Tell me what rights you want. I right shit. I don't. I don't. Dude, I yeah. Some people. I I would observe some of the stuff like how people get really sensitive and in, in their feelings Super about like sensitive. that's not what I am. I'm like motherfucker. I don't know what you it's, are. Please tell me. It's like when I got in trouble <laughs> at San Francisco State. Um, during my Ooh. graduate classes, I was at an open mic, and at that time, I had just written a song for my musical, um, and I sing this song sometimes, and it's very funny, and I like it very much, and it's from my musical, and in one of the, the punchline of it, and you have to know that when I start, before I sing the song, I say, you have to know that I'm a 50-ish man, I'm very fat, I'm very bald, and I have no... Uh, underwear on and I'm wearing like a hospital gown <laughs> and I have ruby red slippers okay the visual's great I'm a I'm a guy and I'm fat and I'm big and I have ruby red slippers <laughs> and then I sing this song and the punchline is um, I'm not gay gay I'm Judy Garland not some fucking dyke okay so <laughs> uh oh and one of the oh, one of the professors was there and she took grand offense, so much so she reported that they you. had a meeting about me and they took, I was supposed to host the open mic the following year and they took it away from me because I was too offensive. And that she, every time she said she heard me say dyke, she cringed. And I'm like, I'm sorry I don't have a sense of humor because I have a dykey friend who loves that song. Like, and I, I love... I love lesbians. I love them. And I you and play they, one on TV. But they yeah, but they, they <laughs> use the term is it like okay, so you can use the word dyke, but we can't use the word dyke. Yeah, it's but that too. also it's but comedy how, and it's that I'm in an insane asylum. I'm a character. And by the way, how they know that you're not a dyke or you haven't played in the carpet I, I I don't know. They were so she was so offended. She was so triggered <sighs> that they took the they took the open mic away from me. And they my, just, they were like, you're a homophobe. That's why everyone said I was a racist homophobe. I can see the difference between saying like nigger or maybe faggot a little bit. But, but dyke, in the song though. In the it, song and when you're playing a character. Yeah. And plus, they, they do they know that you weren't a dyke? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I've sung that song for my dykey friends and they love it. And it's, it's very funny. I think it's funny. But it's... um. And it the the song tells a story. It's like um, I always wanted to be the prettiest girl on the block, and now I am. But it's the cell block. I always wanted to be the loveliest dame with a cock, and now I am. You know. But it goes on. But I don't want your cock. Maybe I'll stroke it for a moment. You can borrow my fingers for the day, but just give me some of those fabulous pills so I can feel okay. There's just something about those fabulous pills that make me feel okay. There's just something about those fabulous pills that make me feel. So so gay, but not gay, gay. I'm Judy Garland, not some fucking dyke. Like, that's the beginning of the thing. And then she talks more about, he talks more about the pills on the set. It's all, it's about Judy Garland. Because he thinks he's Judy Garland because, because it's in an insane things, sign, asylum. Yeah. And it, With and the it, red shoes. With and the red shoes. And it's funny. And they, she, she and didn't how, like wait, it. How long ago was this? This is this was in like 2010. Okay, so 2011, yeah, so eight years ago. So when people are still fucking soft. Yeah, so soft. And this is San Francisco State. Like this is the. I'm in a creative writing department in San Francisco State, That's which is like the bastion of free speech. But Psych. but not that free speech because it's offensive. <laughs> it's like it was sort of like me burgeoning on the on the edges of comedy and being like, I'm a poet, but. I also fancy myself very funny and sort of that was the beginning of my 
you know, po- and poetry, comedy stuff. In and comedy and poetry and any kind of writing material, you do have people use words that may be offensive, if, especially if you're trying to offend someone, but when you're using it in literature or in an yeah. art form where it is perceived as an art form, not hate speech. I'm trying to raise the consciousness. Of the crazy people I in a play. Like, give me a break. Tell I, them to watch Blazing Saddles and fuck off. Wow. Yeah. Watch yeah. Blazing Saddles. Sure. Well, and that's well, this is what we'll wrap up with. That's what we're trying. That's why, that's why we're artists. We're trying to turn a lens on the things that are happening in our society that we disagree with. Mm-hmm. And we live in America. We have a voice. And we get to use our voice in a creative way to have people recognize what's going on. And so, hey, everybody, if we're making jokes about racism maybe we need to look <laughs> we need to all talk about I still don't want white people to make black jokes yet we ain't there yet well yeah I mean sorry we ain't there yet white folks yeah there's yeah we can't there's like sorry there's uh, just but a, I have the joke about my ex-husband's small penis and he's black and I feel like I'm turning okay, the stereotype that's, around that's, with that one that's funny thank you You, but there's a different type of black jokes that no, I, I don't I, like I, like because some people, some white folks like to go for stereotypes rather than be creative. Yeah. They talk about an experience that you had with your ex-husband. Right, right. That's totally right. different. Right. But, yeah. No, this, 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 ra- these racist monkey chants, Russia, shame on you. Shame on you. Shame. Drink your vodka potato heads. Shame. Shame. We don't throw shade, we throw shame. Exactly. And I called a customer retarded the other day. I just remember that. Because he was being stupid. Well, if he was being, I mean, he was the, being a prick. To retard means to slow down. I mean, it's it is a term that you can use in music. You, the, yeah. When you it, it it retards, it gets it slows it's down. down. That's right. Retard. I forgot and, about that. Yeah. And so if you use the word retarded, it is you could have. I mean, it means to slow down, mm-hmm. or in the process of slowing down, it's it's retarding. Thank you. It's retarded. Oh God. And if your customer's being slow. And, and, and he's stupid, doing it on purpose. Which, which you mean, and, but then you're also using another term because it's to slow down. So we're using the word slow as a, a, a definitive a def- definition of one's character of smartness. So we're saying that slow means not as smart, <laughs> which yeah. is, oh, language. Normal people are retarded. Sure. That's I, re- I retard all the time. Exactly. So am I. <laughs> right, this has been the AltaCast. Always a pleasure, Latoya. Bye, Always. everybody. Bye. Always a pleasure. Bye. Apply now. Radio comedy can't play anymore. Can't play anymore. It's closed. Open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. 
well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com.
to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Flat black plastic. 